You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Another edition of 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. You've got the world's worst radio host, Huey in the chair, and joining me today is the world's greatest wingman, Pete Skelia. Morning, Pete. How are you today? I'm fine and staying dry at the moment. I'm looking at those clouds outside the window thinking, if you're playing this afternoon, you're going to get wet. <laughs> yeah, I've just uh, turned around and had a look. You're probably right there, Pete. <laughs> Before we start, we'd like to thank our partners... Futsal WA and Greg Farrell. Greg joins us regularly to talk all things futsal. You can register your team in the Superliga today just by going to that. We'd like to thank Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing and gates and Gate and Fence Hardware WA for fence and gate components and automation to upgrade your property and to protect your property. So we thank those sponsors immensely. Without their help and support, you may not have heard me. <laughs> There's a few out there going, yeah, 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 good on you. <laughs> We've got a packed show today, Pete. Absolutely jam-packed. We will shortly talk with Football West reporter Tommy Dolman. Uh, after that, we have Molly Appleton, all the way from Tasmania. In the second hour, we will have Graham Normanton. He's going to tell us his opinions, and that man has got an opinion or seven, on whether the NPL has been good for football in this state or not. It's an interesting debate. Um, yep. One would think it should have been, and, uh, yeah, some are of the opinion that it's actually gone the other way. And then we have uh, Ian Thieu, who's going to talk to us about Danny Hodgson and the golf day that's coming up for Danny's Road to Recovery uh, and how you can get involved in that. And we'll finish with Mick Owens, who is in charge of the para, uh, Blind Parrot Association with Aston Villa as well. And uh, he's going to be at training. So we, uh, we've got him on last and for a, a little bit of a, a short time because we don't want to interrupt their training session. But uh, he's been kind enough to come on board with us. And the reason for that is we have a giveaway. Giveaway. (laughs) So we have two double passes to see Manchester United's open training session this Thursday. 
now. I was going to do some some serious questioning there, but um, the boss, Penny, has told me, just make it as easy as possible. We want you to go. <laughs> so what you need to do is go to our Facebook page, which is the World Football Program, hit that big like button, and what did we, What was the key phrase we we're going to go? Uh, I don't know. Go on, you, yeah, 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 you, did. you, you yeah, never you came up with a key yeah, phrase. Yeah, we did. No, we didn't. <clears throat> Pete is great. Oh, my God. No? You, you need to know when I'm just taking the mickey. All right, how about tickets, please? Yeah, tickets, please. <laughs> good one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so you go to our Facebook page, that the World Football Program, hit the like button, and then put a message in there. Tickets, please. The first two to do that will get... The double, a double pass each. Yes. A double pass yeah. each to go uh, to Manchester United's open training session this Thursday. It, it's also worth mentioning we've sort of there is an old version of our Facebook page hanging around. Oh, um, so you go to the World Football Program Radio one hundred seven point nine. If you look just through the the posts and everything, if you've seen stuff from this week, that's the right one. Yep. If if there's been nothing posted since twenty fifteen or thereabouts, <laughs> that's the old one. You can safely ignore that one. That's right. I do get that one sometimes come up. At, okay, so. there you go. Thanks, Pete. And we'd like to thank uh, Inclusion Solutions and Telethon for making those tickets available. Adam Nankin at Inclusion Solutions and Telethon. Thank you very much for allowing us to be able to give away those two double passes to the Manchester United training session coming up this Thursday. And did you see the game last night, Pete? No, I did not. No. no. Uh, a couple of um, well, unlucky I, I saw unlucky the scorelines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was 4-1. Yeah. Um, yeah. Economides doing his usual bit, scores first, and that's where Victory wanted the game to finish. Yep. <laughs> 1-0 up, we beat United. And then, of course, United sort of woke up and went, oh, okay. 4-1 was the final score there. I'm still not sure how I feel about Chris Economides now that he's not at the glory. Yeah, well, you know, if he's in the green and gold, we love him. Yeah, exactly. If he's in that blue and white crappy Guernsey. Yeah. yeah. And those that may know, uh, Liverpool uh, played Crystal Palace at the Singapore National Stadium uh, overnight, and it was Liverpool 2, Crystal Palace nil. Hmm. So there you go. Well, what else has been happening, Pete? I, I actually don't have much in the news front at the moment, other than obviously, speaking of, you know, Manchester United and and um, Melbourne City. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Melbourne have a new signing. Do Na- they? Nani has signed oh, for he, them. Yeah, he came on. Uh, they yeah. brought him on for the um, out of his wheelchair for the last, uh, what, 30 <laughs> seconds, I suppose. You know, you could see the respirator in the background. <laughs> yeah, so, so he's 35, so he's obviously up there in age-wise. Yeah. Um, but... You know who knows who knows what'll happen uh, there. Um, he's, he's certainly still racked up the clubs. You know, he's racked up the game since he left Manchester United. This so enough, whether yeah. he'll still be able to cut it, I mean, we have seen older players in the A League fail dismally, and we've also seen them Can, I can't do name brilliantly. One. I can't know? name one. Well. On the fail, I don't want to dwell on the failing side, but certainly, like you know, Diego, Diego Castro was still yeah. dominating at thirty-eight. Yeah, and there was a, that nice French bloke uh, who wore purple and white that uh, did, oh, did, did quite well. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's but, never mention that. <laughs> let's one. never mention him again. <laughs> wow, what a signing that was. Never yeah. mind. You never know. Um, yeah, uh, I think he's. I don't think he's going to be starting, and, and as an impact player. Who knows? Yep. We'll, we'll find out. History will uh, will prove whether it's a, a good signing or not. Exactly. exactly. 
All right, we're going to get Tommy Dolman on the line because, like I say, we've got a jam-packed show and enough of me having a chat. We'll get Tommy to do all that uh, for me. So you stick with us. You're with Pete and Hugh on the World Football Program 107.9 Radio Fremantle. Stick with us. 107.9 FM, your local station. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies, and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432-745-140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Joining us on the line now is West, uh, Football West reporter Tommy Dolman. Good morning, Tom. How are you today? Good. Good? You there, Tommy? We heard you for a second yeah. there. Hello, Tom. Yeah. Oh, there you Hi. are. Right, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got a... Uh, okay, let me try that again. All right, Tom. The, uh, the water football in WA... How's that going? Oh, geez. I mean, where do you want to start, you? There's um, <laughs> various leagues. Um, I, I suppose you want to start with the men because we've got a pretty uh, we've got a pretty hectic title race at the moment. I suppose. Yep. Let's go there. Thanks, Tom. Yep, because it it is heating up uh, big time. It is. Yeah. Um, so I'm at uh, the Croatian Sporting Complex today to, to check out Guelph versus Floriat to yep. see if the leaders of Athena can sort of maintain their lead at the top of the lead, their very slender lead on goal difference to Sterling Macedonia. Um, Sterling themselves down at Coburn this afternoon. Uh, Sterling have actually had a really good week. They had a little bit of a wobble, the sort of middle portion of the season, um, but three wins in a week um, yeah. have really sort of boosted their chances and put them right back in the thick of it. And then just two points behind them of Bayswater. Um, yeah. They are playing against Inglewood today, in form Inglewood as well, that, who've won five games in a row, so... Um, look, I've, I've learned when going to games this season to expect anything can, that can happen on any given day, and it really is one of those leagues where anybody can beat anybody on their day, and that's, that's not sugarcoating it at all. Yeah. Well, that's as it should be, isn't it, Tom? But, I mean, three wins in a week, 
you know, you've got to be happy with that. For, for Sterling, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've, um, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting one for them because I did the game against, uh, with, uh, the, when they were at Perth for the DT38 game and Perth were really good on that night and there was just something a little bit off about Sterling and I was one, sort of wondering whether it was going to be hard for them to sort of get it back but they um, they had a 1-0 win against um, against Glory over at um, at Hartfield Park. They sort of slogged that one out. Um, they played pretty well in that game but they got the goal from the set piece and then played their catch-up game against Coburn which they also won by a goal from nil and then um, I suppose a bit more of a test against Perth Red Star last week when the conditions were absolutely shocking. Oh, yeah. so, um, but for all the teams out there, really, it was a phenomenal weekend, really, of action in terms of there being about, I think it was 29 goals across the six games. But yeah. Sterling got the 2-1 win against Red Star. And, um, and, and yeah, they're, they're, as I've said before, they're right in the thick of it and can't be discounted today. And I'm just, uh, yeah, with the Armadale, um, the, the 5-1 uh, loss to Perth Glory, I mean, that, that sticks out a bit, doesn't it? Although, uh, with quite a heavy caveat, um, the fact mm-hmm. that they were down to nine men, for basically, <laughs> yeah. the majority, of, for the whole second half, in fact, yeah. I think they lost Angel Andres uh, to a red card in the first half, and then Adriana Yelovic picked up two yellow cards with about five minutes to go before the break. So, um, even though Armadale led 1-0 in that game, Corey were able to pull them back. Really nice free kick from Lucas Cook, actually, whipped into that sort of top corner. And then Armadale sort of battled really hard. They were they were only down two ones for the majority of the um, the, rest of the game, and then as the legs got tired, and maybe John O'Reilly threw a few extra numbers forward um, to try and pinch an equaliser with the nine men. They got caught out on a few occasions, and it probably made the scoreline a bit more flattering than it actually was. But but Glory um, Glory needed that win though. Oh, yeah. to be fair to them, they they'd lost four in a row going into that. So um, so a good win for their confidence as well for the last few games of the season. Even though I think a top four push maybe a little bit too late for them now. It, it's probably safe to say Armadale's Armadale may be slightly distracted at the moment too. They've got a couple of cup. big cup fixtures yeah. coming up. So, um, you know, obviously you want, in, want to win every game. I'm not denying that. But, you know, when you've got league match versus national cup match yeah, as well cup, as yeah. state cup final coming up, you, you quite possibly um, could be a bit distracted there. Yeah, absolutely, and I think there's an element of it as well, Pete, where they've um, they've had quite a few catch-up games. Yeah, um, had to play in the earlier part of the season, um, a couple of them down to COVID, and then obviously when you're playing in the cup in those midweek games, it can sort of take it out of the leg, particularly when you've got a, a, a squad the size of, of Armadale, as you know, who've, who've got a, a, a really sort of tight knit group, but um, but but they obviously need um, all their all their sort of really good players firing in all cylinders to, to, to um, sort of go on a run of consistency. They did. They did actually have a, a really good run in the middle part of the mm. season. They, mm. they were definitely one of the informed teams of the league. I think they'd only lost once in thirteen games in all competitions, or or something like that. Wow. But then, as you say, perhaps um, perhaps a little bit of weariness in the legs, perhaps the attentions being elsewhere. They also had um, they also had their fiftieth anniversary celebrations a few weeks ago. So mm. uh, maybe there was a little bit of an emotional sort of come down the week after against Perth when they conceded five in that game. So. Um, yeah, maybe a few distractions, but I suppose you can't take anything away from what John O'Reilly continues to do there. I think he guided them to the highest ever league finish last season, and, and they're on track to improve again this year once more. And yeah, no, there's no highest sort of praise that I could give John for the work that he's done at Armadale over the years, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. And in the women's uh, NPL, Tommy, Perth Red Star just steamrolling ahead. Yeah. Uh, they have big chance now of going the season undefeated. 
They are. Um, they do look like a, they're just such a well-oiled machine, Hugh. I've said this on um, a, a couple of other shows that I've been on. Mm-hmm. They've just got that perfect blend of youth and of experience. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you're if you're Andy Texera, if you're Ruby Cohen, if you're Grace Montero, some of the um, young youngsters that they've got at, um, at First Red Star, who better to learn from than the likes of Kim Carroll and, and Sean Billum and, and Carla Bennett and players who have had so much experience and um, and and, um, and and know the game inside out and, and that's yeah that, that's certainly all blended together really nicely I mean I think a lot of people forget as well I mean obviously Robin's the formidable force of the first two seasons of the NPL yep. mm-hmm. um, women's competition but last season Red Star or Perth, uh, Northern Redbacks as they were yeah. last year um, pushed them, them really close yeah 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 to the final day of the season, right. to the point where I think they only lost two games all season. One of them was the final game of the campaign, and they and they lost the title. So, um, what Carlos Fagerman has done over the past two seasons at the club in, in totality has been um, has, has been incredible, to be honest. And yeah, I suppose all eyes are on now whether they can complete a treble or a, um, a, a four. I don't know what a. I don't know what four trophies mean. So what word that is? A quadruple. But, uh, a quadruple. <laughs> So that was my uh, that was my morning mind there. Um, but yeah, I suppose if they have the night series, they look set to win the league. They've obviously got the state cup final next weekend as well against yep. Perth at um, at Inglewood Stadium, and then I'm sure they'll be the favourites for the top four cup as well. So yeah, this is um, it's really is shaping up like a season um, for the ages and one to remember. Yeah, to come for Red Star, that's for sure. And it's definitely one of the cases where um, you, you want to see a, a, sta- a countrywide uh, competition like we have with the men's, mm. whether it's the NPL playoffs at the end or whether it's the Australia Cup. You'd love to see this Perth Red Star team mix it up against a few Eastern States women's teams just to sort of get a gauge on how we're going overall. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I suppose at some point down the line, there'd be, there'd be hope that you could introduce a, a cup competition of some sort. Yep. Um, I mean, we've seen how successful the, the Men's Australia Cup has, has been yep. in terms of bringing the grassroots clubs and the, um, the MPL clubs um, together with, um, with the A-League competitions. It would be great to see something similar in the women's competition. It may take a few more years to, to sort of push on yep. and, and things like that, but definitely an MPL finals-like competition um, to, what we've, to what you said before, Pete, in, um, that we've seen in a couple of the previous seasons in the men's. Um, that, that's definitely something that... Maybe not. I wouldn't want to call it a halfway house, but it's it's a way that we can at least sort of try and link some of these um, um, local clubs who are doing doing really well and try and put the best of of each state head to head. Yep. Yep. Well, this is true enough. Yeah. Um, what about the uh, first division, Tom? What can you tell us about that one, please? So I suppose the the, the first division is all about the title race, yeah. really. <laughs> um, Olympic. Kingsway and Western Knights look as though they're going to be the two who are going to um, fight it out, really, for, for, for promotion and, and for the league title. Um, Kingsway obviously won it a couple of years ago, back in 2020, in the um, in, in the heavily affected COVID season, yeah, yeah. season. Um, and they they had a trickier year last year. David Tuff came in, sort of organised a few things in the back end of the campaign. Um, got his, got the players. Uh, who he wants to keep sort of together, made some nice additions this term, and um, yeah, they're looking they're looking ominous going forward. But the, the Knights are hanging around, and and they're in really good nick as well. They've got a, um, a tough game against the Dianella team today, who was showing some improved sort of signs of form. They went on a I think a four game winning run um, fairly recently, 
Um, Kingsway, by the way, have got Forest Field. Um, Fremantle City as well, lurking just in behind. Uh, they obviously put eight past Quinn yeah. last week in an 8-1 win, which is quite a high, quite a, um, an eye-catching result, that's for sure. They've certainly got the tools and the attacking talent to be able to pose problems to any team in the division. But it's whether they can go on a super consistent run from now to the end of the season and whether the Knights and uh, and or Kingsway will drop sufficient points for them to stay alive. But um, just, just fun to keep an eye on as well, I suppose. The weekend after the Cup weekend, I think it's July 30 is when we get the um, Kingsway versus Knights game and that might tell us yeah. um, quite a bit about the destiny of the league title and who we might see in the uh-huh. NPL next term. Do you have a, uh, a leaning either way, whether it's uh, the Knights or, or Kingsway? I think you have to go with Kingsway based on um, based on based on what they what they've done. Um, although saying that, I think the Knights have got a game in hand and can actually go top if they win that. So, so they they have a game uh, in hand, but they'll still be two points behind yeah. if they win that one. Two points behind, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Kingsway Kingsway for me is still favourites with the attacking talent that they've got and the goals they've got in that team. Yeah. Obviously, with Kieran Byrne, the um, the league's top scorer from last season, um, he's he's there this season. Callum O'Connell came across from Balcada. We know what his credentials are, having played um, in the NPL for a number of years. Um, Richie Howes, um, up front as well, he got a couple last week. Um, scored. Um, he, he's played NPL as well previously for Perth and for, um, and for Joondalup United. So, yeah, they've got the goals in that team. Um, but yeah, it, like I said, it's, it's just a, a super exciting season. There's plenty going on, that's for sure. So, what, what do you think... Um is, is well, I won't say wrong, but um, the issues you, you see at Dianella, because like, with Bobby in charge, they're, they're really not firing on the cylinders that, that they should. I mean, they're, they're an ambitious club. They're in a, in a good catchment area. They've got a great junior uh, development um, program, yet they, the seniors just seem to lack something that, uh, that pushes them into contention. Do you have a, an opinion on that one, Tom, or not? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard one because let's not forget they had a magnificent year last year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so they are still uh, they are still a newly a newly promoted side at the end of the day and um, and they did have a pretty slow start to the year. Um, they've obviously started to get to go, get it going in, in recent weeks and you've, started, you've sort of got to take that off face value that maybe, um, maybe, the, maybe the formula has sort of been found, maybe um, the step up was maybe a little bit more tougher initially than they'd anticipated, even though they've got a very good squad there. Um, they're certainly, as you say, Hugh, they're certainly an ambitious team, and um, maybe this season is one where they can learn, maybe they can find some younger players um, in the back end of the campaign, and then maybe with a couple of smart additions next year, build on that existing core that they've had sort of for the last year or two, um, and maybe make more of a push next season, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, th- Good points there, Tom. We're looking to see, as Macedonia did, um, you know, straight away firing at the next division up. And, mm. you, yeah, we tend to, well, I, in particular, tend to, to always think of, of Dianella as a, as a club in, in the higher divisions. But, yeah, you're right. I've, I did actually slip my mind that they, they, they came up through promotion last year. So it, it could just be, as you say, that that, that first uh, season back into the, the next division up yeah. just takes a little time to, to readjust and, and fire again. Well, I think you can blame Sterling for that because they've just <laughs> that, taken the MPL by storm this year. Yeah, so yeah. I, think, I think given the fact they got promoted last year, they put, they put plenty of goals past all comers last season. I think they averaged almost... Four goals a game um, in total by, by season's end. 
Um, but yeah, they, they've just um, they, they've come up. They've taken the league by storm, and I think we sort of look at other teams who've been promoted and think that maybe they can they can sort of yeah. get some um, get some get some momentum straight away and hit the ground running. But each each promoted side across various divisions is going to be different. I mean, even even Murdoch University Melville last season they came up from the second division. They started quite brightly actually, but. Um, Regressed a little bit. They, they, they're very much safe in mid table, and uh, I think they're actually occupying fifth or sixth spot at the moment. So, Tashi yeah. Nicolaitis has done a really good job with them there. Um, but they've maybe had their little lag and maybe had their regression in the middle part of the season, whereas uh, having won the night series at the beginning of the season over Kingsway, whereas Dinella were maybe the opposite, that they've started a little slower and they've started to find their groove a little more, albeit possibly too late to make any sort of run at, at a promotion. While we're talking there, uh, would you like to touch on to the State Division 2, Tom? Yeah, a little bit similar to, to Division um, 1, I suppose, in that there's two teams that have clearly paired off, yep. isn't yep. there, in, in Karamar, Shamrock Rovers and, and Gosnells. Um, I've said it before in a number of times. I think Mark Hansen's a really good coach. Oh, is um, yeah. I think, I think he's, he's done a great job with Gosnells. I think he might have even had him on the show a couple of... Uh, in the, last week? Last yep, week he was on the show last week. Yeah, I did have a listen to that. Um, yeah, he, he's just done a, a really good job there, obviously. Um, took them um, sort of to the cusp of the, the promotion places last season um, in terms of that interdivisional playoff. And I'm sure they'll be in the mix again this season, even if they don't um, even if they don't uh, go on to sort of push Karamar and win the league. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I think second and third now, the gap between those sides is nine or ten points. So it certainly looks like it's going to be one of those two. Uh, to go on and win the league. But the beauty, I suppose, about the interdivisional playoffs is that you've got teams like Curtin, you've got teams like Joondalup City, mm. um, teams like Swan as well who have had yeah. good seasons. So we're all sort of looking at, the, at that second to fifth, um, or sorry, that second to fourth zone, thinking that they can get in there and then over the course of a two-league game or two matches that they can earn promotions to the next division. Yeah, no, that, that's that's true enough as well. Tom, we've got a packed show. Uh, thank you very much for giving us your time, and and I know you're a you're a busy man on game day mm. as you are every game day. So we at the uh, World Football Program certainly do appreciate you taking uh, a big chunk of that time out for us, and we look forward to talking with you again very very soon. No problems, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We certainly will. Thanks, thank Tom. you, Tom. Stay out of that rain, mate. <laughs> and that was Tommy Dolman. Football West media reporter, and if there's something that Tom doesn't know, it hasn't happened yet. That's right. Now, oh, I didn't do that. What else you got there, Tom? We, uh, Pete, we didn't go through the, the ladder there for the Division 2. Would you like to Yeah, so uh, uh, running through, through the Division 2 ladder. <clears throat> Thank you, as, as Tom alluded to, uh, top of the table, Karamar Shamrock Rovers on 36 points. Second place, Gosnell City on 35. These two are 10 points clear. Uh, Gosnell's also has a game in hand, so one point behind but with a game in hand. Uh, after that, there's a bit of a drop to Kingsley Westside on 24, Curtin Uni on 22, and Joondalup City also on 22. Mm. At the foot of the table, yeah. uh, Ashfield's on uh, 14 points, Canning City on 10 points, and bringing up the rear is Southwest Phoenix. Yeah. Having a bit yeah. of a torrid time on five points. Yeah, and it's, uh, as we've discussed a couple of times on uh, on the show when we've both been on together, that um, it's going to be fearful for Southwest to go back down to uh, the amateurs, but. Um, is it North Perth at the top of the... Oh, well, I was getting thrown you on the bus there, Pete. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, they may not go automatically down if with um, with that promotion from the amateurs 
being decided by the club if whether they want to go up or not. That's um, right. So, so they can. Um, well, it's a bit of a get out of jail free card, really. Isn't a little it? bit, yeah. Uh, and it must be so frustrating for for Southwest to be sort of in that, you know, that boing and boing. It's, uh, sorry, it's, it's Jaguar. Jaguar top of the table in the that's, end. That's right. And we, actually, well clear top of the table as well. So yeah, and we do. Yeah, the Jaguars up at um, Chevlock. Uh, that ground is not. Well, to use the phrase, fit for purpose to to go to the next. Uh, um, you know, into the Saturday League, from yep. what I understand. But, um, yeah, again, hearsay, and I you know, haven't, uh, haven't heard in, in concrete that they're actually looking to see about a ground-sharing f- uh, opportunity so that they can go up. Yeah. So that's, uh, that'd be interesting. Anyway, we've got uh, Molly Appleton lined up next. She's all the way over in the uh, Apple Isle. She's watching her beloved Devonport Strikers, I think, who will be playing um, the Phoenix. Southwest Phoenix. <laughs> Incredible. Jeez, they've got, those guys had some amazing road trips. <laughs> no, no, no. That other Phoenix, the one that played yellow and black, Pete. Oh, that Phoenix. That Phoenix. But we'll have a chat with Molly uh, with that one very, very shortly. Stay with us. You're with Pete and Hugh on 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Plenty more to come. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Raw is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. I'm Miranda Templeman, goalkeeper for the Junior Matildas. Join me and local women's football expert Penny Tanahoe as we share our news and journey through the football calendar with the best guests from your local community and all across Australia. You're listening to the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And there he is again, Radio Fremantle. Joining us on the line now, all the way from Tasmania, Molly Appleton. Good afternoon, Molly. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you guys? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing quite well. Molly, it's been absolutely gangbusters in the international women's football scene. Have you been keeping up to date with uh, the women's Euros? I have. I deliberately made sure to have this week and a bit of most of next week off to try to keep the group stage. Um, so I've got time off work, which is also turned out well because 
my voice is going. <laughs> yeah, so, that, that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those that may not know, we're we're getting into the quarterfinal stages of the women's Euros at yep. the moment. Uh, England and Austria. Austria get over Denmark yeah. in in Group A. What a surprise that one is. Oh, that was completely, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, who would have thought? I think it was Norway, wasn't it? Oh, was it Norway? Did I say Denmark? I did, yeah, didn't I? Yeah. Sorry. Denmark, Norway, Denmark yeah. was um, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yesterday's result. But, um, yeah, um, it's, Norway reminds me so much of Australia. There's just <laughs> so many good pieces yeah. there. And then we turn up, especially to continent, continent um, ones, you know, you could go with the Asia Cup with our Australia where and Euros with our Norway have gone this time as well. It's four years ago, they yeah. also, or five years ago, they also yeah. progressed through the group stage. So it's one of those really, you're just going, what is going on? Mm. Yeah. It's not creating the chance you expect them to with the team they've got. And I mean, Austria, full credit, they've got a great team. They're, they're a team that's probably, um, you know, underrated um, more so. But yeah, like, you just expect more from Norway, I think. Mm. Yeah, well, that's right. And so the only loss that uh, Austria had was against England. Uh, I mean, England just mm. steamrolling everybody. And um, yeah. you know, host nation, they're looking red hot to to go th- all the way. But we'll see. Uh, Group B, at the moment, it's just Germany that have qualified. And yep. it's that's where the Denmark uh, thing comes in. We've got uh, Denmark and Spain playing each other tonight, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the winner of that game uh, goes through to play... Um, in the quarterfinals. In the quarterfinals. So, uh, what have we got here? We've got Spain. Oh, Spain. I wonder if that will go to play England. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, something for them to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the one that uh, is up for, up for grabs is Group C. They, I think they play mm. Monday. And at the moment, we don't have anybody out of that group. We've got the, the Dutch top of the table on four points Sweden in second place on four points Portugal uh, on one point and Switzerland on one point um, and what I've got here is that the Dutch will go through if they avoid defeat against Switzerland yeah but if yeah. the Swiss win they, they can go top of the group yep from, and, and straight from bottom to top and it's absolutely unbelievable how that one works uh, so I've got here if Switzerland and Portugal both win all four teams will finish level on four points. The group will then be decided on overall goal difference, which at the moment uh, is, yeah, it's not a lot. Yeah, well, it's, if, if they win by one goal, yeah. everyone will be level on goal difference. That's right. So then it goes to overall, <laughs> overall goals scored, and I yep. think everyone scored the same amount of goals as well. Yeah. Then it goes to the team's disciplinary record. Yep which I, I'm not 100% sure there. And then it goes to the UEFA coefficients. So it could actually go all the way down to who's the highest ranked team in that group to go through. It's just absolutely mental. What a way to decide that group. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, what beats the, yeah, beats the old, uh, the old standard of uh, heads or tails. <laughs> Ladies, heads or tails. Yeah. <laughs> True enough, if you go back to some of the old World Cups, yeah. so I'm talking in the, in the 50s and yeah. the 60s, and not, not the World Cup tournament proper, but the qualifying groups, you'll actually see there were some matches that it said finished as a tie, yep. winner decided with a coin toss. That's right. And you think, could you imagine these days deciding who goes through <laughs> to the World Cup on a coin toss? Yeah, yeah. And then we've got Group D, France, runaway there. The France have already yep. qualified. And then we've got Iceland, Belgium and Italy. Italy, bottom of the group there. But, again, there's um, – 
it's just such an exciting competition. Yeah, so the top two in each group go yeah. through to the quarter. Yeah. So that's how it works. But uh, Iceland will qualify for the quarters if they beat France. Yeah. What do you think that's going to yeah. likely of that happening there, Molly? Um, oh, look, I was thinking to someone the other day that about this guy, oh, what if, you know, France have qualified, what if they start, but they're just, they've gone, France's attacking depth is just unreal. And oh, yeah, is, yeah. Like, there's, they could play a second, third, fourth string attack and <laughs> they'll still be better than most teams. Um, so I think it's, it's almost got to counter their attack with attack. Um, and it's hopefully going to be a bit of a goal fest. I haven't watched much of Iceland. I'm not quite sure. I've, they've been very solid, but they've just missed a couple of the final finishing touches. Um, but yeah, it should be it should be really interesting to see how, how that goes. I think you know, obviously, France winning their first game convincingly has inflated them a bit. Mm. Um, it's probably what they've needed to have that confidence because there was a lot of talk before the tournament about, oh, you know, Henri and the summer is not in, in the camp, you know, is it, is it happy? Is everyone, you know, on board with what the coach want, wants? And whilst and you can't say definitively without being in there, you know, the results, the results are speaking, are speaking for itself. Yeah, and we've got, uh, oh, Beth Mead just banging in goals yeah. for fun. You know, like, <laughs> I think... Uh, three of the top four goal scorers in the competition are English. They are indeed. Uh, it's yeah. like, what's going yeah. on? Come well, on. That, that's, you know, thanks to scoring eight past Norway, which, that, I mean, that's unthinkable anyway. Norway's, you know, one of the women's powerhouse teams. Well, well that's right. Yeah. I don't know if well, there's something going on. They're also a team that's normally so well structured. Yeah. Like, yeah. Australia, like, we, we know, we met them at the World Cup. We know they're well structured. Even when they're losing, they're well structured. So that's, yeah, the unbelievable part of, yeah, of so the eight Whether there's something going on sort of behind the scenes at Norway, we have seen teams, certainly men's teams at, at the World Cup, um, you know, self-destruct at times. So whether the same thing's going on, there's, there's you know, scenes <laughs> behind behind the scenes at Norway. <sighs> but um, because, yeah. But then you question, like, because they left, like, at the last few years because stuff was happening behind the scenes. And she only turned back up six months ago. I can't imagine her... Staying in, being at this tournament, if there was stuff going on behind the scenes, I don't know. There well, might be, there might be something else happening to keep her there. I don't know, but it, it's it's an odd situation. Yeah, uh, well, an eight nil result either means a team's completely outclassed, which you wouldn't think Norway would be completely outclassed by England, or or something's going on. Um, I don't know. I think England deserves credit. They've got oh, yeah. so much depth. It's a great coup for England to, to take mm. Wigman from, from mm. the Dutch. I mean, they, they are the reigning European champions and, and the yeah. English just went, uh, OK, let's get the best we can get. Oh, look, she's won the... We'll have her. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and she's out with COVID at the moment. So, uh, yeah, she uh, she wasn't even in the... Um, mm. At the ground Definitely. when they did that. Yeah. So, Molly, the, do, we, do we want to talk about the Matildas? 
at the <laughs> do, do we or not? You know, because we know it was a development squad, yeah. and we know that was um, as we mentioned last time we had you on the on the show mm. uh, with me that, uh, that you know it, it's basically the, the first team either unavailable through through rest, which is the way yeah. you need to manage your squad, or unavailable through injury. Um, yeah. Did they underachieve, or was it what we expected? I think it's one of those where if we'd played Philippines and Thailand last instead of first, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we'd be having totally different conversations with the same results. Completely different conversations. But I think as it was, it was a new squad going in. We had the two toughest teams. One's made it to the finals quite convincingly. The other one probably could have made it to the finals if it was on the other side of the draw. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think... You know, the Philippines are the Philippines of, you know, even a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dadricks, oh, yeah. brought in players from, from America that can play good football and has brought in a really sound structure to that team. So, you know, playing them was, it was first or second up, either, either or, with a new team that's not really played together. That's mm. got a patch from the A-League, from, you know, the youth from the NPLW, like these, this isn't a team that hasn't has played together. You look at the youth teams that have come through, this isn't a youth team that's come through, this is a new team yeah. uh, with new coaches um, playing at a level that they've not played at before many of them. Um, so I think they're encouraging signs um, and I think you've just got to take it as a, a learning experience and like I said, if we played those tougher games the last couple games, and we'd lost the way that we did, I would say, yeah, probably we need to talk. But, you know, having them first start really is, you know, baptism by fire. I think yeah, Charlie yeah. Grant was there for the first game either. And let's face it, she's between her, um, Mary Fowler, Ellie Carson, that, that's our next generation, really. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, take it with a massive grain of salt. Great experience. Hopefully, the coaches have learned a lot. Hopefully, the girls who are in that squad have learnt a lot and know what's better. They need to play it next time. I'd, I'd agree with everything you've said there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and so those that um, <coughs> those that may not have uh, seen those results, um, where am I looking? Yeah, uh, the, the two. Yeah, as you were sorry, saying, I, the, yeah, the two two result against Thailand was probably it. Had they got um, mm. had they got a, a win there, yeah. they would have qualified for the for the yeah. semis. And and the way that tournament works. It's uh, two groups, top two, straight into the semis. There's no quarterfinals. Yep. So uh, Australia did finish in that group, third, uh, third, yeah, third in but the group. Uh, were equal top goal scorers in that group with 16 mm. goals. So they're, 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 doing the, they're doing the business at the, at the right end. But as you say, I mean, that first game yeah. against the Philippines, I'm sure those yeah. that, that don't understand uh, the Asian football environment, particularly the women's side of things, would go, oh, what are we doing losing to them? But, I mean, they are... In the, in the female side of things, an absolute powerhouse. And, and to be credit, the Philippines have got a fantastic coach as well. We should actually see who he is and if we can get him for the um, Matilda's <laughs> job as well at some point in the future because I think he's really proving a point there. <sighs> yeah, come on, Pete. That's, I was wow. You guys okay. are just happy for me to just keep yeah, 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 okay. you, you just keep rolling with that one, Pete, because <laughs> dear, oh dear. So yeah. just, just to run through the results, so for this tournament, Australia's, uh, so Australia under 23. And again, to be clear, it was Australia's under 23 that's team. Right. Every other team was a full, full, sc- yeah, full right. squad. Yeah. Um, 
Went down 1-0 to the Philippines, thanks yep. to a goal in the second half. Yep. Uh, Two-all draw with Thailand, yep. which, you know, to be fair, we were up 2-0 and, and sort of choked a bit. <sighs> yeah, yeah. 4-0 um, over Indonesia, Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. 4-1 over Singapore, and finished it out with a 6-0 over Malaysia. Yep, to finish third in the group. Yep. So uh, yeah, and then that uh, that takes the uh, the semifinals, which is uh, Thailand versus Miramar, yep. and the Philippines versus well, Vietnam. Oh, versus so, Philippines. so these are, these have been played uh, last night. So Thailand beat Myanmar two 0 Yep. And Philippines four 0 over Vietnam. So the grand, so the third place match will be Myanmar against Vietnam. That's on the seventeenth, or mm-hmm. they're both on the seventeenth. And the final is Thailand versus Philippines. So, I mean, again, when you're talking about the difficulty yeah. of the group, both of the teams yeah. from our group yeah. that finished ahead of us then won their semi-finals. Yeah. So, and, and uh, final. strong yeah. group, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true enough. Molly, we know you, you're not 100%, but before we let you go, uh, have you got your ticket for the Devonport-Phoenix game yet? I'll put in my menu accreditation for that. Oh, you beauty! <laughs> So I'll hopefully be going as a. I'm certain I'll be going as a reporter for my newspaper, the Advocate newspaper, up in the northwest. So I'll be covering the game. Um, I get back for an annual leave. I think a week beforehand. So I'm glad we didn't have the first weekend yep. because otherwise it would have been like crap. I've missed out on all the previews. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be covering that for work, and I'm, I'm so I was so excited when it was announced. <laughs> I couldn't believe my luck. No, that's right. And I, I was thinking, like, um, you know, of all the teams you could have got, I mean, obviously it's nice to have a, an A-League side, but the the conditions are going to not upset the Kiwis because mm. they'd be used to that sort of, <laughs> that sort of yeah. you know, had it been even, uh, say, Armadale, you know, they would have gone over to Tasmania and gone, uh, yeah. turn it up, where's yeah. my beanie, where's my gloves? <laughs> Can I still wear my yeah. snood? <laughs> 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 Plus the long sleeves. You know, the long sleeves, yeah. Puffers. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting the sub to warm up. No, no thanks, boss. No, no, I'm happy in this puffer jacket. I'm not getting out there. <laughs> Molly, if you're going as a reporter, does that mean you're not allowed to go, you know, decked out in your Devonport gear or you're still allowed to, you know, show a bit of bias? Well, they're both yellow, so I feel like you'd be able to get away with either Nice. Of them. <laughs> but I'm not sure if my friends would be stoked if I went with Devonport Key because uh, I'm in the town next door to it associated with this soccer club here. So I think they'll be like, Molly, what are you doing wearing Devonport stuff? I'm like, I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you get to the town limits, you just take all that back off and go, yeah, no, 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 no. no. It's just, it was all for work. No, 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 that was just, yeah. <laughs> Work made me do I'm it. Sure will, I'm sure someone will throw me a scarf at some point. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the the fun when I've um, got the media accreditation of the glory. I think now, do I, do I put the glory cap on or do I, you know, do I have to remain neutral? Molly, like I said, we we understand you. You're not 100. percent And and you know, how's the weather down there? Is it is it snowing? Um, no, I'm not, I don't know, I've not been able to leave my house, like, I've, I have, I don't have COVID, so I've been able to leave my house, but I've not left my house much, um, it's raining, it's definitely raining, um, and it's been some gorgeous days, which is always annoying when, you, when you're sick and it's a gorgeous <laughs> day outside, <laughs> but it is definitely cold, it's, yeah, you can't avoid it, it's probably, yeah. 
All right, Molly, thank you very much for taking our call. And like I said, I, I know you, you, you're not 100%, so we won't uh, keep you too much longer. You get well and uh, you enjoy that Phoenix game. So, you know, try to, you know, may maybe get the Groucho Marx moustache. That way they, they went, oh, who's that with the moustache? Oh, that's, that looks like Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Put a baby moustache glasses on. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, go, go down to the, the two buck shop and get those uh, that, those fake glasses. Put the Devonport cap on. Get, no, I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Molly, thank you very much for taking our call. As I say, get get better soon, and we'll talk to you very very soon. Thanks for thanks so much for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, Molly. And that was. Molly Appleton all the way from uh, Tasmania at the Advocates' number one reporter when it comes to our code of the game. And uh, sort of, I, I looked up Devonport's record in the in the Australia Cup, or mm -hmm. as it used to be called, the FFA Cup. Um, they've actually had two wins in the Cup as well, which is more than all West Australian State League teams combined up until this really? point. So, wow, come yeah. so, all of us. Well, unfortunately, we've only had the one win. Ever, which was, if I remember correctly, Sorrento over Canberra a few years back. So I'm was hoping... Was that the one that was at um, HBF? Could have been. I don't remember where it was played. but um, So I'm hoping Armidale and indeed Coburn as well can, Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. can uh, notch up a win. But yeah, unfortunately, West Australia's record in the Cup is not great. Um, yeah, but... Well, you got the stats there, but so... What about South Australia then? Because... Um, South Australia... We've got the Modbury Jets coming over. Had, so I'm counting... Um, State league teams only, so excluding yeah, yeah. the A-League yeah, yeah, sides. Of course, uh, South yeah. Australia's had uh, six wins and ten losses. Wow. So, yeah, West Australia's on one win and 11 losses. The only place worse than us, I hate to say, is the Northern Territory, who you'd kind of expect because they're literally just a, a Sunday league side going into the Cup each time. No disrespect no intended, disrespect. but, you know. So they've, they've never had a win. Tas Tasmania's had two wins. ACT four wins, South Australia six, and obviously then you get to the bigger states and they've notched up quite a few wins along the way. Yeah, no, we, we, yeah. And, and to be fair, a lot of the West Australian uh, teams, when they have played in the Cup, have sort of had felt like a lot of bad luck with the draw. Yeah. Uh, either we're hosting an A-League side, which uh, I'm sure the clubs love because it's good money, but you don't kind of expect them to win that one, or they're playing away, away. against another State League side. It's been rare that we've hosted a... Um, you know, an, a state league side from interstate. Um, and so, again, Coburn's travelling away this yeah, time. They to, got, they to, got Brisbane. To, yeah. to, to Queensland. And, um, but Armadale's hosting... Uh, Mobbury. Mobbury. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully, we should, we should see a win and we should see uh, another West Australian team get through to the second round of the Cup. He's hoping. Yeah. He's hoping. Uh, you know, get yourself down. That's... Um, so, that is next, next weekend. weekend. Yeah. Uh, I think it's on the Thursday. Yeah, it's on the Thursday night. I remember seeing that, and it Thursday clashes. Thursday night, really? Yeah, because the cup final then is on the Saturday, so Armadale's got a real cut so throat couple of weeks. They've got a game today, they've got a game Thursday, and the cup final yep. Saturday. Yep. Oh, and you well. kind of wonder which one's the bigger, like is it the cup final or is it the, the national cup, which is the bigger event for the team. But uh, there was some talk now. I haven't, uh, I don't know if it actually was um, fully locked in, but there was some talk that Diego Castro may be signing with Armadale specifically for the FFA, or oh, sorry, the Australia Cup match as well. Because, I don't know if that's happened. There was wow. some rumours about that. I do know he was training down with him. This is after he's left the glory. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just for general fitness. I, I don't know whether he was looking to come back for the, you know, run out a season or two in the State League. But Wow, that's a scoop, Pete. I hadn't heard that one. Oh, that's, that's amazing what you see on Twitter, and it must be true because it's on the internet. 
Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> hey, if, the only thing that would be even more rock solid had it been on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you'd said the source was Wikipedia, I'd be going, that, that's locked in. That yep, is 100% in. fact. <laughs> yeah. Diego Castro for Armadale. That's, that's Wow. Well, look, if people go to the game and... He's not playing for them. Please don't lynch me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you Hugh's number and say it's mine. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that'll work. But so anyway, yeah. So in any case, on the Thursday night, and I saw, I did see something. Tickets have been announced for the game and they were cheap. They were like $10, $15 or something, $10 or something like that. Uh, I did see it on Twitter somewhere, um, but I can't find it now. I wonder if my... uh Football Australia accreditation is still valid. Could be. <laughs> no, no, no. Access all areas. No, it's not Huey. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> get at the back of the line, buy yourself a ticket. <laughs> but Castro's playing. No, he's not. Yes, he is. <laughs> well, that'd be... No, that's a scoop. Imagine being Mobry. You rock up and go, oh, yeah, no, we should... Be... I know that guy. <laughs> that's, uh, what, three-time A-League player of the year. Yeah. Brilliant. We're not winning this one, are we? <laughs> I, I have to say, when I... When I sort of enter the data for the A-League stats site yep. um, for the cup matches. Partly it's a pain because when we're processing <laughs> the A-League matches, it's the same players, obviously, each, yeah. each game. So after a new season comes up, there's normally a few new players to enter yep. and then it's all consistent. But when you process the State League matches, oh, sorry, the, the cup matches, there's all these players that I've not seen before. You know, their names aren't there and it's sort of need to try to get some basic info on them to get them onto the website. But it's also surprising how many names do pop up like, oh, yeah, this guy played in the A-League, you know, two or three years ago and now he's now he's playing State League. Or even goes the other way okay. as well um, where a player who plays, plays State League and then a season or two later steps up into the A-League well, and I'm like, oh, here's a new like player. Rawlins, for example. Rawlins. Um, what was the one? Krishna from... Um, Wellington. Oh, okay. Yeah, he'd, he'd actually played in the Cup in the first season of the Cup for some team. I can't remember who now, but, yeah, I was quite surprised to sort of when I went to enter his data. I went, oh, this guy's already in there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, that, 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 that's a beauty. That yeah. is a beauty. That, that, that's, yeah. I'm... Oh, now you put the pressure on me. Now, no, did no. you have something you, we needed to remind the listeners? We need to remind the listeners. Yes, we do. Thanks to uh, Inclusion Solutions and Adam Nankin and Telethon, we have two double passes to give away to Manchester United's open training session coming up this Thursday. All you need to do is go to our football... Um, World the World Football, football, the world program, football program, Radio 107.9 FM on Facebook. Just type that in. You'll see us up there. Hit the like button and uh, put in a message, tickets, and they're yours. They will be uh, digital download tickets, so uh, we will get in touch with you uh, once we have the winners and you will have the opportunity to go and watch Manchester United train on Thursday. Yep. Uh, just a slight clarification. Roy Krishna, by the way. Yes. Um, it wasn't in the FFA Cup. It was 2008. He played in the Cub Club World Cup for Waikatiri United yep. against Adelaide United. So that's where I'd, I'd already had his name in there before he actually came over to the A-League. He was playing what you'd call state league Crikey. over in, in New Zealand, uh, but played against Adelaide, which is how I got his name into the system. 
And then, and then six years later, suddenly he signed for Wellington, and I'm like, oh, this guy's already in the system. How do I know about him? How do I know? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Roy Krishna, great player. Great player. No two ways about that. Interestingly, a terrible penalty taker. Really? He's only about 50% from the penalty. Although, to be fair, he does score a lot of goals on the rebound as well. So (laughs) if you count, if you just count, did he score or was it saved? His percentage is quite low. But if you go, if you include, and did he score 30 seconds after taking the kick, that number jumps up again. Now, I know. There was at least one Premier League player who was on a goal bonus that didn't include penalties. So he would regularly (laughs) hit the keeper and tap it in because if it was a penalty, he wouldn't get the goal bonus. But because it's been saved, it's no longer a penalty. The tap-in counted for his goal bonus. I won't mention the player. I won't mention the player. He played in red. You guys can work that one out. (laughs) A regular penalty taker who often missed and people were giving him a hard time. But as you say, Pete, you then follow it up. There's your goal. There's yep. my goal bonus. Some players are just that clever. Some aren't, but some are. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. We've got um, everyone's favourite, Graham Normanton, coming on to the show very, very shortly. You stick with us. You're with Pete and Hugh on 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Go to that Facebook page. Hit the like button. Say you want the tickets. Two doubles. They're yours. You stick with us. Plenty more to come. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport at all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual, or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's, or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport, and the fastest-growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au Oswest Fencing and Royal Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Royal Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258 6822. 
or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. I'm not confident. I think I pressed the wrong button there, Pete. But no. on the line should be Graham Normanton. Good morning, Graham. Good morning. How are hey. you? Hey, I did press the right button. Oh, my goodness. You would have heard that in the background there, uh, Graham, the old button, 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 button. I hope that that's, wasn't uh, that's yet, too distracting like to you. It's oh. not like you just press all the right buttons. <laughs> right buttons. I, he's very good at pushing people's buttons, I can tell you. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's a good joke. Well done. <laughs> he's on fire already. Good work. Graham, we've got you on um, to have a chat, as you, we spoke just the other day, about your views on the benefits of the NPL in WA football and Australian football in general. Well, I think it's about time it was all reviewed, don't you? Well, man, everything's open for a review, a review, Graham. You know, if you put something in place and then just go, well, that's it, we've done that, and don't go back uh, in a timely fashion to review it, th- there's no point putting it in place in the first place, is there? Well, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to know what um, Football West and FFA's KPIs were in terms of the NPL mm-hmm. and to see whether they've hit any. Um, because... Uh, I discuss this with a lot of people around the game um, on a regular basis, and um, not many people seem to think it's worked. So if if the general consensus is in within the game that hasn't worked, then um, we need to review it and we need to look at how do we set our leads up because, um, you know, I don't know what you two think, but the watching the games as they do on a regular basis, the, uh, the standard doesn't seem to have got anywhere near where it should be. Mm. No, and, and we've uh, had this chat a, a couple of times, particularly uh, the junior levels. I mean, mm. almost every club has an NPL junior academy, but yeah. uh, clubs themselves aren't actually in the NPL. Well, I think the question, the question needs to be asked is how do you create an environment of quality for players to grow in and develop in and become good competitive footballers at a, of a high level. Um, I think what's happened is that the quality has been watered down. Um, in the junior levels, we had an NPL league, which was only the NPL clubs who had NPL juniors mm-hmm. yeah. at the start. And every, every man and his dog kicked up a stink about it. So then we decided we'd have NPL juniors in every club. Well, that doesn't work. Mm. You know, you, you need the best playing against the best to drive quality. You can't, it's not just about coaching. I, mean, I keep saying this, but, you know, you, you've got to have the best playing against the best if you're going to drive a quality competition. And, you know, we've, we've watered it down to the point where it's not quality anymore. I mean, I look at the junior results and you know, not on a, a regular weekly basis, but on a, uh, an, a, you know, every couple of months. And there's results like 12 nil. Yeah. Mm. That is not conducive to producing quality footballers. No. Yeah. So, so we've got to get to the point where we're producing a competition which drives quality as well as quality coaching, as well as quality clubs and all of that. We can't just say, oh, it's all about coaching, because it's not. I mean, it, the education of a footballer 
is yes about good coaching, but it's also about his experience of what he comes up against on a Saturday. And hence the reason why players in Europe are found better at the same age than we are, because they're up against better competition every week. Yeah, this is true. Now, so, I've gone into the, the history because we did have that discussion. We weren't 100% sure when it came into, into being, but 2014 yeah, was when they, yeah. when they first initiated it. And the initial um, 12 clubs were Perth Glory, Armadale, Balcada, Bayswater, Coburn, ECU Joondalup, Floriot, Inglewood, Perth, Sorrento, Stirling, and Subiaco. Mm-hmm. Now, of those uh, clubs... Most of them are still in that NPL. Now, they did say that each club needed to create a more consistent structure and they would need to appoint a technical director and enter teams in each A group from under 12 to under 16s, then an under 18, under 20 and senior first team. That uh, It doesn't actually say what the, the KPIs uh, but it, it did actually state, so this is from the press release in 2014, it's intended to raise the standard of the game nationwide through structural reform, increased coaching standards and better community engagement. Would you like to discuss that, Graham? Well, um, let's go to community engagement. Yep. The last point you brought up, yeah, has yeah. it worked? Has, has it worked to the community? Of, of the, uh, is the community engagement happened? Have we got more people... Involved in the game, have we got uh, have we got more people going to watch football? Have we got you know have we got the community supporting the game? I'd say no. I'd say you know I'd say no. I mean yeah. I don't want this to be about backing no, football. Of course not. No, we're not. It's, got yeah. to be, it's got to be about constructive yeah, dialogue to improve the game. And you know, and I get the reasons, or I sort of get the reasons why they wanted to bring something like this in. But then they brought it in, and not long, long after it was brought brought in, it got watered down because there was criteria attached to each club that was going to be in the NPL. Mm-hmm. And once again, that wouldn't include the majority of the clubs, you see. So you're only talking 10 or 11 or 12 clubs. So the rest of the, the football community decided, well, hang on, that excludes us. So we'll all vote against this. So then it got watered down so that so that the it would include more clubs. Well, that once again doesn't drive quality. So, so as a as a sport, and as as presidents of clubs and as club members, and we've got to support what is good for the game, not just good for our club. Mm-hmm. And if we're gonna if we're gonna support what's good for the game, and in the criteria in places of, is of a high quality and we want to be part of that, then we've got to raise the quality of our club. And, you know, it's it's all about trying to raise the standards, isn't it? Well, but was, yeah. every time we do this, we water it down so it goes backwards again. So, you know, if you remember, we had this stupid situation where Subiaco made a legal right. claim yeah. against yeah. Football yeah, West yep. to, to stay in the league. They haven't got the facilities and still haven't got them. No, I mean, no. I'm coaching at Subiaco, so I'm probably going to get sacked. <laughs> but, but, but at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, if you haven't got the criteria, get it. Don't bring the standard back to you. You've got to go to the standard. Mm. So what, what Football West, or what Subiaco did, is they took action against Football West to stay in the NPL, mm-hmm. 
and therefore watered the standard down by that action. But, but the action that was put in, the, the, the criteria that was put in place was to improve the standards of football. But then we had somebody taking legal action against the association to drag the football back again. So instead of, instead of increasing the standards around the game, we diluted them and reduced them. Now, we, we, as, as clubs, we've got to decide where we fit in the game. Are we a development club? Are we a professional club? Do we really want to get into the State League? And by winning the State League, do we want to get into the FFA Cup or the, or the, the national competition mm-hmm. against all the other states? Yep. Do we want to get into the, the upcoming B League and we're doing by virtue of that, do we want to get into an A League? We've got to decide what we want to be as a club and therefore set your business plan and your, your club structure in place to be able to set up a club that is, has got the quality to get to the high standards that you want to achieve. Now, if you don't want to, if you don't want to go into the B League and you don't want to go into the A League and you don't want to get into these FFA Cup games and you haven't got the facilities and you don't see a way of you getting the facilities or the players or the structures or the development programs in place, then don't be there. Mm. You know, and I think we're, we've got to decide as a game how do we get the standards up? How do we drive the standards up? And you know, it's got to be driven by the association with the support of the game. But we, we generally don't get the total support of the game because people in the lower leagues who haven't got that criteria decide they're being excluded and so they're going to scream and shout from them to anybody who'll listen. And because they form the majority of the game, mm-hmm. then it gets knocked back. So we've, we've got an issue in, in football. I don't know whether it happens in other states, but we've certainly got an issue in this state where we're not driving quality. You know, we've got to, we've got to drive and increase the, the quality to be able to get these kids. We've got to reduce the number of MPL juniors. We need the best kids playing against the best kids. And the problem with that statement is that all the parents will think their kids are the best. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so all the parents will say, well, my, my little Johnny Smith's the best player and he's, yep. and he's, he's probably nowhere near it. But because mm. there's a parents of little Johnny Smith, I think he is. And so, you know, it, but it's like it's looking at things through rose-coloured glasses in terms of your own kid. And so, you know, you, you come up against all these obstacles all of the time. And this is the problem we've got with with the game of football is that we get dragged back by the majority. And um, we can't make progress. I mean, you have been in this state 40, 40 years now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And by, by now, by the time I got to 60, I thought, surely this game will be professional in this state, yep. or at least part professional. And it's actually gone worse, not better. Yeah, no. And so, you know, if we don't do more football, we don't get better. So, you know, we, what we've got now is we've got all the PC brigade telling us that kids can't play football for 12 months of the year. <laughs> what, what a lot of baloney. Yeah. If you want to get better at something, you know, you've got to do more, not less. And if you, you know, if you want to go and be a top footballer, it's got to be your life just about. And you've got to train five, six, seven, eight, ten times a week and you've got to do it for 50 weeks a year. You can't do it for 26 weeks. Yeah, so, no, we've had Greg so Farrell on there uh, to, talking about uh, the futsal, you know, that uh, th- th- there should be no excuse. The, the, the closed, small-sided game with 
the emphasis on the skills of the player rather than mm. rather than just the, the the time management of of a player like as you say little Johnny he, he, oh, he, they dragged him off uh, you know at the sixty minute mark yeah well that's because you know little Joe's dad wants little Joe to play yeah um, you know yeah. obviously if little Johnny is the best player let him play look I'm I, I, I I'm coaching state women's amateurs at the moment mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm always torn with this situation where I've got girls who are on the bench who pay a fee to play football yep. And I, can I leave them on the bench the whole game? Do I play them? Is is their view of the game that they want equal game time? You know, and I'm torn with this. Yes. And it's and I understand their point of view about sitting on the bench. But then I think, well, hold on. If I'm putting my coach's hat on and my competitive hat on, then you have got to get to the standard where you push another player out the team. Yeah. Mm. But do you, do you do that at amateur level? I'm not so sure because I've got it at amateur level. And so I'm torn with this thing all the time of do I get equal game time? But if we go back to the kids in NPL, by the time they get to 14, 15, 16, even the kids know who the best players are. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, you know, so and if that little kid who's on the sideline wants to get on that first 11, then he's got to work hard at his game. He's got to improve his skills. He's got to improve his fitness. He's got to improve his game awareness and his, his tactical awareness so that he, be, he becomes at the required level. And I'm not saying he doesn't get any game time. I just don't think that the, he shouldn't. He should get equal game time. Now, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get a gunfight. <laughs> so we, we, we haven't got you on there for that one, Graham. So you just... Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking sort of 12, 13, 14. Yeah, you can equal that out, baby. Get to 15 and 16. We're, these kids are almost banging on the door of senior football. Yeah. Mm. So they've got to they've got to know what's required to get them into a senior football team. Would that so, be Would that be through the the Perth Glory Academy? Do you, do you think, Graham? So, like, if you're getting the best players coming through the NPL junior system, should they automatically? Well, not automatically, but should they find their way into the glory system or, or not? Not necessarily. Oh, okay. Because other clubs have got good systems mm, and good yes. development programs and there's other ways to go into professional football mm-hmm. other than through Perth Glory. Right. I mean, Perth Glory aren't the only pathway for a kid to take to get to a professional footballer. So, you know, I mean, take, you know, let's take Perth, we've got Perth SC, for instance, who've yes. always got a, a decent... Uh, Development programs. Yes, they do. All of that. Why? Why do they want to send their kids to Perth Glory when they're all getting well coached and good competition at the club they're at? And that club, if they get in their first team, let's say seventeen, eighteen, they're already playing senior football where they're being pushed and extended and developed. And then it's a question of: Do they go to Perth Glory? Do they go to Melbourne Victory? Do they go to, you know, do they go to Wellington Phoenix? Do you know, from there they can go to other clubs because. Now the shop window has broadened to the rest of the country because we're in national competitions. So what we need to do is, is understand there's more than one way to get to professional football other than through Perth Glory. Mm. I mean, how many kids have gone through the Perth Glory system and are, are in the first team? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But it's certainly not all of them, is it? No. So, so you know, and yet all of those kids are not necessarily bad enough or, or to, to not make it, if you know what I mean. So yeah. they, may be, they may be good enough to make it, but just not at that moment with Perth Glory. 
So then where do they go then to further their career and try and get into professional football? And juniors, junior footballers keep on developing till they're about 2021, 20, even longer than that, anyway. Mm. Do so, you, do you, you see know, the... Because uh, uh, around about that time, um, ECU Joondalup were having uh, an association with West Ham United. Um, do you see that sort of model working, that... Uh, Clubs, if they're, think, if they're genuine and becoming professional, align themselves. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, an English Premier League side. It could be, could be a Dutch Erie Divisie. It could be, you know, an Italian Serie A side or Serie B. Do they see well, the, that sort of I development? Think, I think a sister-club relationship is, is one real way where it can work mm. for you. Where you yeah. can, I mean, I tried to set this up at, um, at Perth years and years ago, probably 20 years ago now, and, uh, where we were... Uh, aligned with uh, an Italian club, and I, and I forget the committee, one of the committee members, uh, remember who it was, but it didn't happen. Mm. But we were talking about it for quite a long time about setting up a sister club relationship where our kids in our off season, for instance, yep. which is their season, could go and train in their academies over in Italy, mm-hmm. and we could we could pick and choose the kids by the standard they were at. Um, you know, so we not necessarily get picked to play for them, but to further their development and their education for the game of football. And I, and I honestly think that is a, is a great way to do it when you think about the money that these bigger clubs have got, mm. which we haven't got. So you know, so it, it is one real way where you can set up this situation where, and the other way that could work, of course, is that in their off season. Our, our season, they could maybe yeah. send a couple of 18-year-olds to Perth SC who could play for us, who've been playing in, their, say, Serie B for half a season and, and still need further development in mm. adult football, mm. and it would improve the quality of our league. Yeah, because we would... So, the, the Melbourne City, that, that's part of their uh, overall world football plan, mm. but we rarely see any of those players coming from, from Manchester City through their, uh, well, their academy players coming out to play for maybe a... They haven't set that up. I don't know. Maybe they haven't got that relationship with Manchester City to do that. But oh, Manchester okay. City don't just own, own Melbourne City. They no, own no. clubs all around the world. Yes, they yeah. do. Yeah. So, so, but I think if, if that was talked about and discussed and planned, then I'm sure the clubs over in Italy or England or Spain or wherever it is that you set this relationship, I'm sure they would come to the party and see the benefits of it. So you know, I'm sure you, I'm sure you could get because you know we all in this country we need help we need help with quality we need help with money we need need help with infrastructure we need help with professionalism we need to know how to do all of these things and they could also send a DOC I'm sorry uh, not a DOC anymore <laughs> a TD now we send a TD over from I'll say you set up a relationship with Napoli for instance. You can send a TDO from Napoli to spend maybe six weeks here with the coaches of the club, educating them on how to coach in a professional environment. Mm. So the, the education of that could work, but that would also work in the education of the players, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So you know, so all these things need to be discussed because I I just think that we just seem to be meandering along at the moment. We're not going anywhere with football. We're not making it better. We're not trying to make it better. And, um, you know, I think it's about time, you know, it's coming up 10 years since the inception of NPL. Has it done its job, is my, my question. Has it done what 
the people who decided that this was a good way to go. Has it done the job that they thought it was going to do? Because mm. I, I honestly don't believe it has. And, and I'm, I don't want to say this in a in a manner that sounds like I'm bagging the game, because for God's sake, I'm in the game and I've been in the game all my bloody life. I want the game to be better. Yeah. And I think unless we're making attempts and, do, and doing things to make it better and trying to get to professionalism, we'll never, ever get there. And it disappoints me to say in 40 years that I've been in this country, it's gone backwards. Because nobody can deny that it, that it hasn't, because it bloody has. And, um, and, I, and I think the, the dilution of the quality is dilution of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, uh, well, it's, it's the dilution of the quality is what's made it, where it what it is now. I mean, I, I watched Perth play, I don't know, what Bayswater maybe in the night series. I was very disappointed with the standard that I was looking at. Mm. And, you know, I think, oh, you know what? You know, it needs better than this. It needs to be better than this. And it's, um, and I'm not looking at it through rose-coloured glasses. Yeah, it was better than my day. That's, that's ridiculous. That's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at what's in front of me. I'm, look, I'm comparing it to to the standards around the A-League and around the, the other leagues in the, in the country. And I think, well, we're nowhere near it. You, you were talking earlier about... Um, about us only having one win in the FFA Cup. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why do you think that is, guys? Why? Well, exactly the point you're making there, Graham. That um, the the standard we're not good enough. Of, yeah, we're, of, we're of, not good of enough. our NPL is not up to the standard of Other the interstates. Yeah, exactly. We're not good enough. And it'd be interesting when we see the the game coming up on Thursday. Uh, yeah, Modbury Jets, who have have. Put a bit of cash out and about to get some some quality players to see how they actually go up against Armadale because they are two sides that should be equal in yeah. in standard. Yeah. So it'd be a, a fair comparison of how the South Australian National Premier League compares to the West Australian National Premier League. Now, I've, when I was over there, I, I mean, I saw Mobry a few times, uh, and. When I saw the draw, I thought, well, I'm going to have a big, big chance. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're hosti- host, hosting yeah. for once against the State League side. Well, it'll be interesting in, that, in terms of that. But, you know, the, the reason that you said, that, I think you said they've played 12 and put one or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, if they've played 12, if we've played 12 and put one, you've got to be thinking, why are we not winning? Well, it, it, the, the, the answer smacks you right in the face. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it's obvious why we're not winning. We're not good enough, yep. and that should tell us we need to do some something. I couldn't give a damn at rat's ass about <laughs> Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane. Let's concentrate on WA and let's think about how we can make the the standard of our game better. Because right at this moment in time, it is not working, All and right. I think we need to decide something else. So, here's a question for you, Graham. If you if you were the the CEO of Football West, what would be three points that you would put in place tomorrow to help fix the situation? Three points. We need to raise the quality of our players. Right. So we need to raise, we need to raise the standard on the pitch. Is that, is that through coaching or or what? Oh no, I'd say it's through recruitment. Um, first off. Okay. Um, you see, everybody talks about um, well. The daftest statement in bloody football is the youth is our future. For <laughs> God's sake, tell me something I don't know. Call <laughs> me the answer. 
Um, that's a, it's, it's one of them cliches that sounds good. Yeah. The kids are our future. Everybody says it. The kid, well, of course they are. <laughs> the kids are going to grow up. That's you know, it. It's going to be our future. Of course they are. But what are we doing? If the kids are looking at the standard of football above them that they're going to get to, and it's easy for them to get to it, they will not improve the standard when they get there. Because the bar is set at a low standard, so they only they only ever reach that bar, mm. and they'll get into that they'll get into because they're at that level at twenty. They'll play at that level. What we need to do is raise the standard of our senior football by recruitment, by bringing players in, by bringing better players in, and then the standard of the of the our NPL, the Premier League, will raise. And uh, there's examples all over the world. Let's look at. Let's take an example of Italy, when the Serie A had all the best players in the yeah, world. Yeah, it yeah, that you know, just, I was just, oh, it was mind-boggling. Well, it was, yeah. it was regarded as the best league in the world, right? Yep. Then all those players went to Spain. Yep. And then the Italian league standards dropped. Mm-hmm. But Italy, while all those players were there, won a World Cup. Yes, they did. Right? So, so then they all went to Spain, played in Spain. What happened to Spain? Spain won a World Cup. Yep. So then all those players went to England. <laughs> what yeah. happened in England? England yeah. got the semi-finals of a World Cup and the finals of the Euro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what? By, if you look at that, you think, well, how is that happening? I'll tell you how it's happening. It's because the standard of the Premier League has raised. And so all the English kids have got to raise their level to get a game in the Premier League. Yeah. And the, these international players are, are not stopping English players from getting in. No, no. What they're saying to these English players, what they're saying to these English players, you have to be as good as me if you want to get That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you look at the players so, like Phil Foden, you know, it, uh, yeah, Harry Maguire. You know, how good are you? You need to be world class. If mm-hmm. you want to play in your club side, you've got to be the best in your position. And if you're not, well, exactly. we'll get somebody driven, else. But that's driven by coaching. Yep. It's driven by environment. Yep. It's driven by standards in mm-hmm. the uh, that they're playing with and against. And the, so the, the kids, once they reach senior football, see, Phil Foden isn't still playing with 20-year-old blokes. No, no. Mm. He's playing with 30-year-old blokes who are seasoned professionals, world-class senior, seasoned professionals, mm. and he's playing against them as well. Yep. So for him to be able to hold his own, he's got to be of that level. But if you remember when he first came on the scene, yeah. he was only on the pitch for 15 minutes, yeah. 20 minutes. Yep. Taken yeah. off. He was put on the pitch 15, 20 minutes. He hardly ever started a game. And then he'd start a game, and then Guardiola would take him off after half time, or he'd take him off after 50 minutes. He hardly started a game. He is now, in fact, he still hasn't cemented his place for yeah. Now, and he's been on the scene for about three years. So, you know, these people who say you should play the kids, well, of course we should. Of course we should play the kids. But we've also get, got the development the right standard to be able to play. Okay, so point two, Graham. So recruitment's number yes. one, point two. Yeah. Improve our, improve our development programs yep. and our kids. Mm-hmm. Produce quality for the kids to grow in as well. Stop diluting that. So we need to get back to where we get better competition, better coaching, better environments. And then you'll be able to drive the quality of that. And Forget you... what the parents are saying. A lot of these parents know sort all about football. <laughs> these people who know, who know something about football, who know what it takes to 
to get players to the required level and put put things in place and pathways in place to get kids to the required level. I was going to say to get them to senior football, but that's obvious. To yeah. get them to the required level of senior football. If we put that in place, then we've got then we we're now starting to get a quality um, game on that rectangle that we all go and watch on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday. Mm, yeah. So we need that. The other thing we need to do is drive quality in the way clubs are run, administered, and the criteria of their physical setup, their clubs, their pitches, their lights, mm. their changing rooms, and all of that. Oh, yeah. mm. So, so if we if we get those points in place, the game will go in the right direction. But I, and I'm sure that's what the NPL started off do, trying <laughs> to do. Yeah, yeah. But we diluted it. Because we haven't got the strength of leadership to say to these people who are in the game who don't want it to happen, just tell them to bugger off. I mean, if you don't want it to happen, well, go and play amateurs. Mm-hmm. Don't, why are you wasting your time paying footballers to play football when you're not going to go anywhere? You know, and I go back to my own club, Subiaco. Their club is no different now than it was 10 years ago. When they were in the when Premier they, League. They, and they're, they're in the first division now. Mm-hmm. Now, say if they win the first division and they go back into the Premier League, are they going to be allowed back in? The answer is yes, because the quality is diluted so much that they can go back in with the facilities that they've got. Mm. You know, and they think that putting a fence around a pitch is is, is driving quality. Well, is it? <laughs> you know, is, that, is, that, is, that, is putting a fence around a pitch driving quality? You know, is putting 100 aluminium benches underneath a underneath a, a lean to roof. Is that driving quality? You know, are the changing rooms they've got good? You know, is there all these things that we've got to look at and say, well and I, and I, like I say, I'll probably get the sack when I go out and sue her. Well I'm I'm only picking on because I'm there. Yeah. And I'm looking at what's going on in the game and thinking, well, how do we make this better? Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've got to understand more about where we fit in the game as a club rather than we want to be at the top. You know, you can't be at the top if you're a community club. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you can't just be a community club. You've got to be a club that wants to be a professional football club. You know, yeah. and you've got the facilities, got the standards, got the administration, got the players, got the coaches to be able to set yourself up to be a professional club. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, these clubs or community clubs are not helping the professional game. And yet, when you talk about them, they're all jealous about the teams like Floriot and Sterling and Perth and all these clubs who've got better facilities. They're all jealous because they've been up there and winning trophies for years. Yeah. But, you know, we, you know, if you want to be part of that, then you have to raise your standards. It's yeah. as simple as that, isn't it? You know, that's what it takes. I mean, go back to England again. Look at the look at the stadium Man City are playing. In. Yeah. Look at the stadium Arsenal are playing in. And I'm not so, I'm not saying we should look at building that <laughs> for each club. That's ridiculous. But, you know, they had to raise their standards to get to the top of the league, didn't yeah. they? Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you know, so there's all there's all of that going on. And I just think we need to have a discussion, but it needs to be a discussion not with all the clubs. Please don't get your clubs involved, yeah. <laughs> because. The clubs will just be, they'll be like an anchor yeah. holding it back. Yeah. Yep. You know, w- please don't get the clubs involved. I, I will. You know, s- you go on, sorry, Peter. Oh, I was just going to say, sort of semi related, but um, 
it's been a few years since I've been coaching juniors and I was coaching at a much lower level than the NPL standard. But by coincidence, on Tuesday night, I was down at Auburn Grove Reserve watching the under-15s of Auburn Grove versus Subiaco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Subiaco, congratulations on the 2-0 win. And they looked just magnificent. They, they really yeah. looked good. Um, as a team, they were, you know, the control, the teamwork, the passing, everything was beautiful. Now, that's obviously to my somewhat untrained eye, but um, just sort of like when you were talking about how Subiaco is going, I just sort of reminded me, I you know, really give well, them a shout out because they were playing really testament, well. Peter, testament to Adi Urich and Bangor Yelich, who yeah. are running the program, junior program at, at Subi. Yeah. Testament to, to them for setting that up yeah. and, and setting a development program up for that. But if you look at those kids, and if those kids, uh, I don't know the standard that they're going to get to. Yeah. But if you look at the top of their club, where is that going? Yeah, true. Because that's ultimately what you want those kids to do, is to play for your first team, first and foremost. Well, it's it's like you say, yeah. with, with the parents, with little Johnny, um, I'm sure the average parent whose child is at, let's say, Subiaco, they're not saying, my kid's going to be a star, he's going to play for Subiaco. They're thinking... He's going to go off and play for Man U or yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. So, and that's also part of the problem is that, you know, the community clubs, or even even like the the NPL state league clubs, that's not what the parents are aiming for. They they think little Johnny's going to you know conquer the world. Well, the first step the first step to conquer the world is to play for your your own state league club. True. You know, there's there's a lot of kids. Um, there was when I was coaching in the Premier League. Asking me, they were going to, the dads were going to send them to the UK or, yeah, Spain or yeah, somewhere yeah. like that for yeah. for trials. What do I need to do? Oh God! <laughs> um, first of all, you know you need to be have your basics nailed on. You know, forget the worldies, forget the forty meter shot that goes in the top corner. Yeah, that will actually mean nothing yeah. if you can't pass a ball, control a ball, head a ball, dribble a ball. You know, you haven't got any match awareness. You have no tactical knowledge. And you're not physically up to it. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, if you go to England, I've been in England, they will kick you from pillar to post <laughs> and kick you all the way back to Australia. Yeah. And you need to be strong enough. And I'm not being funny. It's you know? not just about physicality. But if you go there thinking that you're going to just strut your stuff, oh, wait. I'm well, that, that was the case. You would have seen him. Craig Johnson was exactly that in his autobiography. He was saying he, he was ap- he, Great player when he was at, at Newcastle here in, in Australia. Went over to Middlesbrough and got absolutely kicked and went, I've, I've got two things to do here. One is to get tougher and two is to get better. Yeah. Well, you, I was, you, Craig and I were best friends. Yeah, yeah. He was at my, he was at my wedding. Brilliant. Um, mm. So I, I know all about Craig Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was there the day, I, was, I was there the day he arrived and, yes, he did get kicked around. And, yes, he did absolutely, he, he withered. At the start, he couldn't yep. believe what he'd come to. Yeah. And, um, you know, all the players around him were thinking, oh, the hell is this bloody raggy-haired, long-haired, bloody lout from Australia? <laughs> and we, and he'd come to take our spot. You've got to be joking. Mm. So he, he did get whacked and kicked and pushed and shoved and and the mickey taken out of him and all of that. But he was strong enough to stand up to it all. That's right. And, he, and what did he do? Yeah, exactly. Because he, he came to a higher standard. He raised his standards, he raised his fitness levels, he raised his strength levels, he raised his technique, he raised the way he played the game, he became more tactical aware. And where did he go after that? He went to bloody Liverpool. Yep, and won a so, bucket line, yep. So, But he didn't play in Middlesbrough's first team for, for a long time before right. he, when he got there. Yep. So he didn't come to Middlesbrough and go straight in the first team. You know, he spent three, four, three years, three and a half, four years in Middlesbrough's 
youth team, intermediate team and reserves and learning the ropes and then he same thing as we spoke about with Phil Forden. Yeah, that's right. He got yep. 10 minutes on the pitch, he got 15 minutes on the pitch, he got 20 minutes on the pitch and so on until he could hold his own, which was when he was about 19, 20. Mm. So, you know, I know all about Craig Johnston. I don't know what he went through to get to where he got. And credit to him. I mean, he, was, you know, he, he worked his absolute backside off. And he he was so dedicated. He they were In Middlesbrough, he had a car park at Ayrson Park. Yep. It was bitumen and surrounded by four 10-foot-high, more 15-foot-high brick walls. And we'd all go home in the afternoon at 2 o'clock and there's Craig Johnson in the car park with a ball. Yeah, yeah. Now you, t- you tell me who's going to succeed, exactly. me or him. Yeah, exactly right. We all went home because we lived there, so we were going home. He, had, he didn't have a home no, to go to. He was going to, the, he was going to the digs. Yeah, that's right. So rather than go to the digs and sit around in the digs, he went into the car park and kicked the ball around for three or four hours before dinner. Yep. And ran up and down and got himself fitter and did all of that and raised his levels. You know, the dedication that kid uh, shown showed when he was when he first came to England was unbelievable. Yep. And we all laughed at him. How stupid of <laughs> him. Yep. You know, well, no, Graham, so that, 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 that's, that's, yep. that's another story for another day, and we'd love to ha- have a chat with that. So I will be back in touch for you to, to have that chat. Uh, but we've got some other guests lined up, and I thank you I very much. Sorry. No, that's yeah, all right, mate. No, right. As I said, you know, we, we wanted you on to, to, to voice your opinion, and you certainly have done that in the, in the strongest possible way. Um, and we thank you for your uh, candidness and frankness, and we look forward to having you back on very, very shortly. Thank you. It's a pleasure, mate. Have a, have a good day. Thank you very much, Graham. Thanks, Graham. The pleasure is all mine. See you, mate. Thanks, mate. See you, mate. Bye. 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 That was Graham Normanton. And if you want an opinion, go to Graham. <laughs> that's uh, that's fantastic. And, and as I said, that, that that story with Craig Johnson. Yep. Uh, yeah. People go, oh, yeah, whatever. Well, Graham was there watching him do it. Um, you know, if you want to get better, you've got to get better. There's no point going, oh, they're kicking me, I'm going home. Mm. You know, it, not that... You know, Craig kicked back. Well, not often, anyway. <laughs> but uh, you know, as as Graham said, scruffy kid from from Australia. You're not taking my spot. Well, no, I'm not taking it. I'm grabbing it by the horns and saying that's mine. Yeah. You take it back from me. Yeah. And that's what happened. And he went on to become one of the greater players that Australia has produced. Yeah. Even though he. Yeah, well, well, he had yeah, a fantastic yeah. career surfing for England as well. Yeah, so. well, you know, I, uh, I'm not going to go down there. Anyway, we've got more guests lined up. We've got um, Ian through from uh, Danny Hodgson's Road to Recovery Golf Day coming up very, very shortly. You stay with us. You're with Pete and Hugh on Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Make sure you get onto that Facebook page. Hit the like button. There's Manchester United tickets for their training session coming up on Thursday available. We've got two doubles to give away. Make sure you get on there before they disappear. Stick with us, plenty more to come. 107.9 FM, your local station. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport at all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream 
professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au Gate & Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all Gate & Fence Hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. And welcome back to Radio... Sorry about that. <laughs> Press the wrong button again. Welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Joining us on the line now is Ian Thew from Danny Hodgson's Road to Recovery Golf Day. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Pete. Morning. Mate, the floor is yours. Go for it. Tell us all about this uh, wonderful event that you've organised. How did okay. it come about, please? Um, so... Everybody heard the story around Danny. Um, I think anybody who was involved in football or was in Perth at the time heard the story. Um, And it it went from there. One of my colleagues at work was listening to an interview that um, Peter and Nicola gave on Mm 6PR and and where Peter mentioned that he worked for Jacobs, um, which is the company that I work for. And suddenly it all spiralled from there. We got in touch, started playing golf, um, and one sunny afternoon, walking along the course in Yanchep, yep. I made the call to Peter and said, why don't we organise a golf tournament? Um, because of the link. Most footballers play golf in, in the off-season or in the downtime. And we went, that'd be a great idea. Um, and here we are now. Um, it, it dropped off for a little bit. And then suddenly I thought, well, if I don't do it, it's never going to happen. So a couple of Fridays ago, we sat down and developed a a Facebook page for the first time ever. Um, (laughs) And yeah, we're now, yesterday we sold, we've sold the final place, playing place um, for the event. Um, And the, the community has got so behind this event. It's been amazing. Um, just we've got two whole sponsorships left. Yep. It's amazing. Yep. Absolutely amazing what, what the people of Perth have done, the businesses and individuals. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we've got, uh, you've got uh, Danny on the, on the page there. It's great. That, that's good to see. He's, he's got these, uh, his shirt on. The, the merch, yep. that, that, that's brilliant. And like I was saying, are we going to be able to purchase those or... Is that an yeah. eventuality that, that's likely to happen? Yeah, well, now that I've got my head around creating a Facebook page, <laughs> we're, we're at an event, um, we're now going to create a shop on there as well. Brilliant. So that anybody, so all players who 
um, have signed up and registered um, will get a, a glove um, yep. with the DH7 logo on. Yep. We'll get a golf towel and a cap um, as part of their welcome pack. Yep. But we'll also be making those available to buy by people who, if you're a player and you want a couple more because they're really good quality, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. or if you can't get involved because you're not, you can't, you don't play golf, but you want to support it or whatever, we're gonna we're gonna make those um, items available for sale along with the polo shirts as well. That's brilliant. Um, so. Yeah, I've just I've just got to work out how to create the shop and then get the order form on there. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully, hopefully that'll be this weekend's job. Yep, fantastic. Now, where will it be held, please? Ian? So, yeah, it's going to be up at Sun City Country Club up at Yanchet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so um, Jessica and Jim up there have been fantastic in supporting us and helping us out, um, making the course available um, to us. Um, and just working with us, they've obviously organised events before, um, so they they have been brilliant. And like I say, anybody that wants to come up on the day, it's only forty five minutes out of the city, yep. not yep. that yep. far. I yep. know it used to be a holiday resort. <laughs> it's, it's now part of the city. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> now, when I spoke to you um, the other day, you were saying that you weren't one hundred percent sure just how many people would uh, would sign up. And you were hoping for maybe 30, 40 people to play the play the round, but you've got uh, all one hundred and twenty four places uh, mm. sold out. Yep, that, that, you must yep. be so proud about that. Oh, absolutely amazed! And it's like I say, you you've seen you saw the video. So mm. trying to post something each day, and the video when we put Danny up there saying yeah. thank you, yeah, yeah. suddenly yeah. just it went from the. They did, a, they did a radio interview a week or so ago, and that created a load of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we put Danny on there just saying thank you, that just that was the final thing that just went bang. Um, the number of footballers within Perth that have reached out and said, I want to be involved, or I can't make it on that day, how can I support, has been... Absolutely amazing! Um, yeah, it's been phenomenal to see. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. That's why I was asking about the hats because there's no way I can play golf. Uh, <laughs> I am. Abs- <laughs> I wouldn't even call myself a hacker. Like you know, I am a shocker. But uh, the 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 quality of those um, of, of, of the the merchandise is just unbelievable. It's um, oh yeah, and, and we've been supported there through through Stuart at SDL as well. Um, has he's, he's providing the equipment, the the merchandise. Um, I wear his gloves now. Um, I think most most of the community would know SDL from the goalkeeping gloves. There's a number of goalkeepers yep. wear his gloves, um, but he's also branched into golf as well. And so the golf gloves, the Cabretta leather, leather gloves, are yeah very good, and they're the ones that we're going to be providing in this as well. And just to restate, I know you mentioned it, but just for anyone listening, you've still got two sponsorships available for sorry, sponsorship available for two of the holes. So if any businesses are out there want to get involved, yeah, that's that's bang on, Pete. Yeah, we've got two hole sponsorships, and anything that anybody, like I say, just because we've put a list together of sponsorships, um, if you want to get involved and you can think of something else that you want to sponsor, yep, then we're more than willing to. 
to think about that and see how we can, because it's all about raising more money to support Danny yep. for his long recovery. Um, and just the other thing that we're going to be looking for are donations in terms of auction items or yep. prizes yep. Yep. as well. So we have we have been um, fortunate. We've had a number of things. So a couple of things I can mention. So we've had... Um, Seashells have come on and, and have offered us a two-night stay wow. at a resort um, that we're going to auction off. Um, Perth Glory, I was listening to the conversations before, uh, but Perth Glory have given us um, a box for eight people for a game of your choice mm. for next season um, that we're going to auction off as well. Um, we're hopeful of getting a signed Manchester United shirt as well. Um, obviously, Danny's a Danny and Peter yeah. are big supporters of Man United, and have have met with Dennis Irwin and things like that. So we're hopeful of getting that that we can auction off as well, um, and other things. Like I say, we're we're open. That's that's the sort of things that we're we're looking for now is auction items or prizes um, for the day as well. Yeah. And we, we have put a link to the to your Facebook group on our Facebook group. So if anyone's listening and they Brilliant. they want to want to check it out, you can find the link on our group. Yeah. So we'll. Um, oh, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but it's, <laughs> it's one of my uh, habits. Uh, with United coming, will there be uh, some connection between Manchester United and um, and the DH Seven charity? We would. We would. We're trying. We'll yep. have a look and see. Um, I say. Um, Danny, Danny's close friends um, with a few, and Dean Henderson was going to be coming over, yep. but obviously he got um, he got loaned out to Nottingham Forest, so he's not coming anymore, um, which is a shame. Yeah. Cause I know they've known each other since childhood, um, and he's been a supporter with Dan. You know, what I mean, he's been keeping in touch with Danny, um, but yeah, that's a bit of a loss, and obviously. With Ronaldo not coming over mm. as well, that's a bit of a draw card. Whether he, whether whether he'd have made it all the way up to Jan Chet for a hit is debatable. But hey, we you can only ask. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and and it was nice that uh, when Danny first had his accident, that uh, Cristiano was one of the first to reach out and and put on his uh, on his socials exactly what had happened and and his heartfelt. Uh, mm. His heartfelt message was uh, heard around the world, which is, yeah, yeah that, that's as uh, much as people sort of give Mr. Ronaldo uh, a, a bit of a hard time. He's, uh, he's a wonderful man and, and has, has, you know, the community at large in his heart. Hmm. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And just, I was listening to the other conversations, and just to balance it out a bit, Football West have been a supporter of this event as well. Brilliant. Um, so, so, I... Um, Managed to find Jamie Hanwell's mobile number <laughs> and um, ha- happened to ring him. So this lad from Manchester rang him randomly <laughs> um, while he was in Sydney. He answered. Uh, we had a quick conversation about it. He put me into contact with Perry down there. Yep. Um, and like I say, Perry, Neil um, and Monica have been brilliant at supporting us and putting us in contact with different people. They've got a team in the event as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've been good supporters and they, they put a post on their Facebook page mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. That I think the number of hits, it went viral. So I think it was great, amazing the number of people that 
watched, looked at that, um, and then got in contact. So is, yeah, is Jamie playing? Uh, I don't know whether mm. he's going to be playing, but I know that they've got a team in there. They haven't confirmed the names yet. I think they're just trying to find a few hustlers so they can um, potentially um, win something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they could always get Bobby. He's uh, he's known to frequent a, uh, yeah. a golf course or three. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's brilliant, Ian. We really do appreciate you, you coming on, and we certainly... Uh, you know, anything we can do to help Danny is is, is not enough. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think the, the the outpouring from the people of Perth and, and what who's got involved in this um, shows that there are there's a lot of good people out there wanting to help. Um, so yeah, just a reminder: twenty fourth of October, Monday, the twenty fourth of October, Yanchep, um Well, Sun City Country Club in Yanchep. Yep. Um, and take a look at the Facebook page. Danny Hodgson, Road to Recovery, Golf Day. Take a look. Um, if you can help out in any way, reach out to us via that. And we'll uh, we'll definitely get back in touch with anybody that puts a message on there. Okay. Brilliant. Ian, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you, you, you know how to get in touch with us if we need to uh, to help you in any other way with anything else you've got uh, coming forward. But with the, that accent, mate, um, do you support a team in, in England? Uh, yes. Go on. <laughs> um, and it's not one of the Manchester teams. Yeah. Well, it is. It's not one of the Manchester teams. My team, actually, is um, Berry, who were kicked out of the league. Oh, what a tragic that was. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, that, that's, my, that, that's my team. Um, and, yeah, um, yeah, enough said there. So we would have a whole other conversation on that one. Well, we, we, we can we can touch on that. Have they got a, a Phoenix Club going? Because I, I heard they were trying to get. Um, I mean, they got all their memorabilia back from, and we're not going to mention his yeah. name. That that nasty piece yeah. of work yeah. that uh, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Is there is there a Phoenix yeah. Club? Yeah, there is. So there's AFC Berry yep. that has been created um, that won the league, the Northwest Counties. Uh, football League Division One last season, mm-hmm. their first season, and got promoted to the Premier, which I think is about a level seven in yeah. the in the hierarchy sort of thing, if not lower. But there's also now Berry FC, yeah, that's right, trying yeah. to come back as well. Um, and so I think there's a watching from afar. There's a lot of discussions oh, between yeah. the two clubs, not off the two, the Berry FC and the Berry or the AFC Berry, yeah, yeah, and. As you can imagine, there's there's people on both sides that ne- don't necessarily mm. want to join. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see where that um, where that ends up. Can I ask you the question? Do, do you know what's happening with Gig Lane? Is is that going to either one of those? I thought uh, the yeah. So Berry FC yeah. has been bought back, so they've bought back um, the ground. Good. Um, and there's work going on on the ground now. So a lot of same as this event, a lot of volunteers getting involved, tidying it up. It's been a a, a, a vacant site for too long, yeah. three years or something like that. So you can imagine what's happened there. So there's a lot of people pitched in to tidy it up, get it ready. Um, there's a Legends game on there, I think, today. Well, today in the UK, um, Bury FC versus Burnley. Wow. Um, so that's on there, and I think there's been a few England Lionesses games on there, and the Berry FC women's team has been playing there as well. 
So there's been games on at the ground um, recently. Uh, it's just getting the the senior men's team back there now in whatever shape it is. Well, that's great. Yeah, no, it, it, oh, yeah. Again, I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, <laughs> that nasty piece of work. Uh, he, yeah. yeah, I mean, lynched. He should be feathered and tarred and dragged down the streets of Bury. Um, but to, to be to be fair, Hugh, there was a few before him as well. Yeah, well, yeah. taking it for a ride as well. So mm. yes, he was the. He was the end piece, but yeah. there was a few beforehand as well. But, but I mean, how yeah. dare how dare he think that he could take those FA Cups away and go, oh, they're mine. Oh, well, you turn yeah. up, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I bought the club for a pound. Yeah, so they, they're all they're all mine. Yeah, they're all mine. Yeah, yeah. 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 To, to take that whole history for a pound, you think, oh, you, and then yeah. uh, now yeah. I I heard a story that the the the, uh, the groundsman wouldn't wouldn't leave. He kept uh, he kept. Mind oh, the, yeah. the pitch until until that nasty piece of work says no, no, no. You're not coming onto my property ever again. Exactly, he was out there. The pitch was a phenomenal. I remember when I was watching it. It always was a fantastic pitch, um, and he carried on. There was pictures on on the Facebook pages and everything. How how good it was yeah. still looking yeah. until, like you say, until he was. Told, not welcome anymore. Yeah, told um, not to come back. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously it went down from there. But I say it's obviously come back to to a good enough standard that they've say there's a Berry FC versus Burnley um, game on there. I think it's today back in the UK. So obviously back to a, a good standard. Brilliant. Well, that's that's good news. I'm, I'm yeah. I've been following that uh, that story for for a while, and I'm, I'm yeah. It's still a long way back, but uh, they're on the way back, which is brilliant. And yeah, hopefully, exactly. the two sides can get uh, get some mutual ground and and have one club, yeah. and uh, and continue to push forward to get back to where they rightly deserve. Yeah, no, agree wholeheartedly. Brilliant. Thanks, Ian. We, we didn't actually have you on to talk about Berry, but that was a nice <laughs> end to it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and uh, we look forward to, to having a chat with you later on. Um, if uh, that works, we might even have that, that bigger chat about Berry FC. And, uh, yeah, and, no and, problem. Yeah, yeah. Good one. Thanks, mate. Uh, all the best with the, Thank uh, you. With the, uh, the golf day. And, um, yeah, well, I don't have to wish you luck. It's, uh, it's going gangbusters. And uh, I look forward to getting in my, uh, my hat very, very soon. You get that thank score you, sorted. Thanks. Thank you, you. Thank you. Thanks, you. Thanks, Pete. No thanks worries. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. And that was Ian Thew, who is the organiser of the Danny Hodgson Road to Recovery Golf Day Fundraiser. Get yourself down there. Uh, and when that store becomes available, you can buy your merchandise. Pete, we're coming to the end of the show. I tell you what, and I just glanced out the window then and thought, you know, I said two hours ago it's going to be fucking again, <laughs> and it's just blue skies out there now. Yeah. And I'm like, geez, just yeah. I'll stick to tipping well, football and forget about yeah, tipping no, the weather. I've made up for that with precipitation coming <laughs> off of me throughout the whole show. We didn't get to to Mick Owens, which is unfortunate for us. We ran out of time, uh, and I can almost uh, point the finger as to exactly how that, <laughs> how that happened. That was my fault, obviously. Um, thank you very much. We'd like to thank our sponsors. The uh, Futsal WA and Greg Farrell. Greg joins us regularly to talk all things futsal. Register your team in the Superliga today. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing and gates. And Gate and Fence Hardware WA for fence and gate components. And automation to upgrade and protect your property. Without those generous support from those sponsors, uh, this show may not be on the air. Pete, many thanks for joining me. Anything you wish to finish with? No, I think I'm all good for now. You're all good. I yep. did have a look. Uh, we've got 
at least one winner. I haven't gone all the way through there, but we still got the tickets. For the, we'll have that open for the uh, for the rest of the day. Go to our Facebook page, which is the World Football Program of Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Press that like button and then put in that message, tickets please, yep, and we will be one able more to... set of tickets to go. We, we've got one double available still to go, so by all means get to that. It's a digital download, so we, we you don't have to do anything other than... Give us that. We'll uh, direct message you. Penny will direct message you um, once we have the finalisation of that uh, of that giveaway. And all the best. Get yourself out there to a game. Len is here. He will be joining you with his usual bags groove. Get your jazz fix here on 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next week. All the best. Bye for now. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.